Aloha! Welcome to the most muscles and podcast in Barry Sports. Welcome to ABC7 Sports. With authority, although... I just wish for one day, if we didn't have With Authority as the podcast name already, I would channel my inner Steve Kerr and go, this is the We Are Bleepin' Giants podcast. Wouldn't it be great if we could just change the name? If we had a Giants podcast, I would absolutely start that right now. No, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with it. It's We Are Bleepin' Giants, Steve Kerr, not suitable for work. Steve Steve Kerr Kerr after dark. After dark. Hashtag Steve Kerr after dark. What do we have? What do we have coming up? What we have is uh, the question, is the golden era of Golden State Warriors basketball now over? 15 minutes of panic while we waited for KD to be okay, not okay, Achilles, calf, who knows. A media secret that will shock you. Ooh. Shock you. I, I, you. People at home will have no idea about this stuff. Well, we'll talk Game of Thrones because that's a recurring thing and you nailed a couple of things in your predictions last week you're down to one dragon what do you do how about not fly into a whole bunch of arrows okay just my thought and uh, a great mother's day story absolutely an amazing story about dallas braden's perfect game which happened on this day which is crazy it's not mother's day but on this day of taping it actually happened it's the anniversary time to take a (laughs) stressful (laughs) exhale so we know kevin durant will not return for the duration of the second round of the playoffs with his right calf strain. The question is, can the Warriors win without KD, and could this be a preview to what we may see next season? Well, I texted you when it happened. We are looking at the 2020 Golden State Warriors, and it's frightening because there's a few minutes there where it was dicey, and you just didn't know. The Warriors had to go 14 minutes in game five without him they were gritty they were gutty they found ways but now you've got the rockets at home for a game six i've got a thought on that and then uh, the most likely scenario is uh, we're in this office game seven mother's day and mm-hmm. the warriors have to use their home crowd and whatever abracadabra magic we are bleeping giants steve Curry <laughs> yeah. come up with uh, the greatest newt rockney speech ever from an NBA coach to try to rally the troops and just get everybody energized. It's one thing to do it for 14 minutes. If you got to do it for a full 48 with a thin squad, that's a different story. So let's look at some information. For once, you I prepared? actually did you research for, for this show. I usually don't. I like to wing it. Yeah. All right. Here's what I have learned. The Warriors are actually 24-1 and in their last 25 games without KD, but with Steph Curry. That's got to give you some optimism. Okay, all right. That's a good stat. All right. 24 and 1 in their last 25. That's with Steph Curry with a fully functioning left hand, which he doesn't have right now. But okay, but keep going. On March 13th, 2019, the Warriors beat the Rockets 106 104 in Houston without Kevin Durant. Who did they have? They did have DeMarcus (laughs) Cousins, who was their second highest scorer in that game. Uh, what, do you have 27 that game? He did. He played 31 minutes. McKinney played 16. Bell played 11. Jurebko did Jordan not. Bell played? They, they let did. Jordan Bell 11 the game? minutes, and he Jurebko did not play. So that okay. may be a preview of what we okay. have coming up, except not having Cousins is a little bit troubling. Yeah. On January 4th, 2018, the Warriors beat the Rockets 124-114 without KD, 
but James Harden didn't play. Throw that out. And on March 28th, evidence, your honor. March 28th, 2017, the Warriors beat the Rockets 113-106 without KD, but CP3 didn't play. So what is, what is the data telling us? Can the Warriors actually pull this off? I think it's going to be extremely difficult. Depending on when you're listening to the podcast, as we tape this on a Thursday, uh, Game 6 is Houston uh, in Houston on Friday. I would say, Here's my strategy for Game 6. I'm not quite punting on the game if I'm Steve Kerr, but I'm close to punting on the game. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to burn out Steph and Clay and Draymond. We're so thin as it is. I've got to preserve them for the likelihood of a Game 7 at home on Mother's Day. That's So what I'm going to do is, and Steve Kerr is not like this, I don't think. I mean, I've known him for a while. Uh, he's more mild-mannered unless he gets... Except after uh, dark. Except after dark yeah. and except when certain refs make ridiculous calls, then he goes crazy. But given the scenario, and you could say, oh, yeah, they're just going back to 2015 Warriors. They're going to play with a lot of ball movement. It's Steph and Clay. It's Splash Brothers. Draymond's They've be won Draymond. before. They've done it before. They've this done is, it. Okay. But now everybody's five years older. Sean Livingston is pretty much done. I love Sean Livingston, but he's got nothing left in the tank. Uh, you've got a bunch of bench players. Uh, Looney's actually been really Very good. Very good. At times. He was actually he was great. He saved yeah, them. He saved them in game, game five. five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bogut is back from Australia, energized, but you just don't have enough bodies. So here's what I'm doing. If I'm Steve Kerr, I'm sitting down. I'm telling Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook. Jonas Jerebko, Alfonso McKinney. I'm sitting them all down, and I'm saying, look, guys, you got a free swing in game six. You guys have done almost nothing the past six months. Really tear nothing. them down. <laughs> nothing. This is your one chance. I'm building them up. I'm going to tear them down to build them up. This is your one chance at redemption, okay? In game six in Houston, I'm going to play our stars limited minutes. Run, jump, contest, do to your heart's content. You will, I will not yell at you. I will not yank you after seven seconds, Jordan Bell, after you make two mistakes that are unforgivable. Just go. You, you have, it's a free swing. You just go, and whoever does best in that game is going to have a chance to be a hero on Game 7, when we beat the Rockets on our home floor on Mother's Day. One of you dudes, two of you dudes, show up. Big Jordan Bell, you have athleticism. Go. Use it. Engage. This is your one moment of glory. It's right there in front of you. Take it. How's that? This is the speech he gives me before every show. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it, it it's, always works. A, I'm always ready to run right through the wall. More profane usually yes. than that. But you guys, <laughs> you, you've got you've got to get. You can't just leave it to Steph and yeah. Clay and Draymond. They can't play 48 minutes. Part of the reason you're in this situation in the first place, I believe, not a doctor, but you've you burned out your stars. So you've got Splash Brothers on bad ankles. And mm -hmm. Steph has a busted hand that's worse probably than we know of. Clay's ankle is worse than we know of. Uh, you've got Andre Iguodala with a tweaked knee. And there's a history of that. 
This is because you screwed around against the Clippers with two yeah. extra games. You should have swept them. You had a chance to beat the Rockets in game three. You should have taken them out. Mm-hmm. And now you have all, and, and Durant is playing like 45 minutes a game. So it's crazy numbers. Yeah. Everybody is pushed to the limit and sometimes beyond. And that's why we have this. That's, what, that's why I'm wearing this, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> was the that's a 35 a, on the back. I'm wearing a Durant jersey today Tribute. in honor of KD. This is going to help him get well, I hope. I think so. And so if we look at it from the most optimistic perspective, Kevin Durant is out at least a week. Right. Six and seven, he's out, no doubt. If they get past the Rockets and they're taking on, let's say, Denver without KD, he may only miss one or two games of that series. I still think they can get past the Blazers or the Nuggets without KD. And then For seven games or for just two games? Maybe for seven. I think so. I do. And then if you get to the finals... You're looking at a situation where not only do you have Durant back, but you probably have Cousins back. Damian Jones. You too. probably have Damian Jones back. So if they can just get over that initial hump, I think we're still not in full-blown panic mode. But we saw it flash before our eyes. We definitely saw okay, so it flash he, before he, our let eyes. Let me give you 15 minutes of panic. as This This is in real time as it's going down <laughs> during Game 5, okay? It's 9, 10 p.m. I'm outside Oracle Arena. The Warriors, they were up 20 in the first half. At halftime, they were leading by 14. I've got to do a live hit on our newscast. So I have to physically leave the arena to do that. I can't broadcast live while the game is going on. So I see, I'm watching on my phone as I'm, I'm doing the, the sportscast, and I see the lead dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. And then it's down to like it's a one-point game. And I'm starting to get texts. You start texting mm-hmm. me. Friends start texting me. My wife is te- And everybody is texting me just, oh, no, this is terrible. I can't believe what just happened. There's, but nobody, and I'm just thinking, oh, well, they blew another 20-point lead. Here we go. It's a whole season in a nutshell. They blew another 20-point lead. But nobody is saying <laughs> Durant is hurt. He's out. And so I'm just looking at this. I'm like, what has happened? What has happened? And, and, and so then I finally walk back up, and I hear Tim Roy's radio broadcast, which is beaming out of Oracle Arena, and, and, and <laughs> I hear him say, and we're still waiting word on the severity of the injury to Kevin Durant. And I just went, oh, no. It's over. Yeah, and and not to mention, they had played very well in the first half. They had given up the lead in the third quarter. Then, right after that, Kevin Durant got hurt. Right. So it was like, it was doom and gloom. Okay, so let me tell you what's going on amongst the media. Yeah, I'd like to hear this This story. is the 15 let's minutes give of panic. A, yeah, let's and, give and people secret, a preview behind okay. the scenes. So one of the things that, that people think is like when we go to the games, like we're sitting in luxury suites and we, are, you know, we, we have everything at our disposal. It's typically not the case. And so you'll have a seat and at Oracle Arena, it's like section 121 or 124. You're up there. Everybody's squeezed together like your sardines which, okay, you know, not asking for sympathy or anything like that. You're in their arena, and I like to watch the first quarter or the first half just to feel the sense of the crowd. The downside of that seat and that situation is sometimes you don't have monitors close to you where you can mm-hmm. see replays of the action, and you have no audio. Uh, you, you might try to listen to the, the radio broadcast, but uh, there's so much interference, sometimes you can't really hear very well. So you're, you're, you're in the arena, but you're in the dark. So what I like to do is after I get a feel for the crowd and the game and all that is I go down into the bowels of Oracle Arena 
and that's where the media room is that's, set up. That's the spot. Okay, so you're basically, you're in the building, but you're watching the game on TV. That's a fun fact that most people don't know. Any major sporting event you cover, there's always an overflow area in a media dining lounge or a setup lounge. So most of the people at major events like the World Series or the Finals or the Super Bowl are actually just watching it on TV in right. the building, which so, is hilarious. So, it's, so go ahead. So I'm in the media room, okay, and there's only a handful of us there. It's me... It's Stephen A. Smith, yeah. it's Michael Wilbon, it's Brian Windhorst, all from ESPN. Now, I, I know uh, Wendy and I, I know Wilbon from my years past there. Stephen A. and I, we know each other, but we don't you know, really talk much. Um, but he, but he's, he's fine. He, and, and Rick Buecher, who 20 years ago was one of the great Warrior Beat reporters and is now Bleacher Report, has his own podcast and radio shows and all this. And so we're all down there, and we're all, it's the longest 15 minutes ever because... We're waiting and waiting and waiting. To hear, what is the deal with Kevin Durant? Everybody's going, Achilles, he's done. Achilles, he's done. Oh my! <laughs> and and you're texting me, and our coach, Kerry Keating, from the after-the-game post-game shows is going like, well, this this is the worst news ever for the New York Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, we're all thinking Katie's going to that New York. That was the leap everyone that, took. Yeah, and so we're all like, everybody's just freaking out with, what does this mean? And it's he and KD, uh, Kyrie are not going to uh, get together in New York. And the, the, the whole balance of power in the league is just going back and forth with every note of speculation in this room and we're arguing and so uh, you know I, I think Buecher was saying there's no, finally we get word strained calf nobody believes it even mm -hmm. as I walked in this building today to record this podcast two people it's like there's no way. It's his Achilles, isn't it? Nobody believes that it's a strained calf everybody yeah. thinks he tore his Achilles doctors looked at it Real and doctors, it was a strange not, cow. TV, not TV doctors <laughs> like us, real doctors. And the MRI says it's a strange But anyway, cow. so while we're going back and forth, yeah. even after we get the word, Buker is yelling, there's no way that that's a strained calf. Tomorrow they're going to say Achilles. I'm like, Rick, they can't come out and say strained calf and they go, no, we made a mistake. I mean, the, if you're a doctor, you would never do that. I mean, you'd mm -hmm. look like a clown. You'd never work for any team again. And so we're all thinking, and he, you know, everybody's speculating that, um, well, they don't want to deflate the team, so they're just going to say minor injury. Then, upon further review, yeah. MRI, and then all right. So we're settling in strained calf, and then Stephen A is like doing a running commentary of the game. Uh, and he, I wish that we could have had just a broadcast of of him and Wilbon and uh, Windhorse doing the game. Uh, Kevin Harlan's great. I love Kevin, but like. Stephen A was so entertaining. He's going, "Okay, Steph, time to be Steph. Let's go. Let's see what you got." What, and, and with every like, the Warriors would turn it over, and they're like, "James, are you ever going to shoot? You ever going to shoot, James?" Because Harden hardly shot in mm -hmm. the end of the game, and so it was hilarious in, amidst the misery of of really not knowing what was going yeah. on. But that's where we all were, and we're all going back and forth debating, Just living in the moment, whether the injury is real, and uh, and at the end, and then Clay throws a pass to nobody in particular. Yeah. And we're all going, what is he doing? And everybody, you know, freaking out. We're all freaking out in the bowels of Oracle Arena, watching the game on a television while if we had gone like 100 yards from where we were, we would have seen it. Yeah. But not really heard what we needed to hear. So that's, that's the dirty little media secret. It's not, it's not really dirty. It's just a secret that a lot of guys are watching the game on TV mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't have access to the audio or the replays if you're just sitting in the stands. Imagine if you had a few beers in there, in the media lounge. 
for that they don't commentary. Have beer. They don't serve beer. They don't. Can, but could you imagine how much fun it would be to have beer and have to? That running commentary would be far oh, more. It, would be it was probably already crazy, but imagine I think it'd be far more crazy. Imagine if you're Joe Lacob courtside and you've had maybe a drink yeah. or two to settle. Oh yeah. Your, Settle your nerves down. And well, he's sitting there on his phone. You oh, can see him sideline. He's just like, like oh, okay, what's going on? What's happening? Wait, somebody tell, tell, me tell me something. Yeah. The whole, oh, so, you know, when we started these podcasts, you came up with the, the Dubs Dynasty Doomsday Clock. Good job. And I didn't think it was something we'd have to talk about every week, but we do. I'm setting the clock. The clock just struck 12 for me. Ooh. It just, bing. So it's Doomsday. It is Doomsday Right now, Jordan Bell. <laughs> Before we move on, then I'm on I, I, I'll, I'll set it at like eleven fifty-nine. We're I'm right. I'm right a notch. I'm a notch before Doomsday because I still think there's a shot. Like I said, twenty-four and one in the last twenty-five games without Durant and Curry in. Game they got six, a shot. Game they got six a shot. is there's no way. Game six. It's all on Game Seven. Yeah, Mother's Day. Do it for Mama on ABC Seven. For, for Mama Durant and Mama Green. Yeah. And uh, everybody's mama. Sonia um, Curry. And, oh, by the way, the uh, that could be the last game at Oracle for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, well, when Kevin footnote. Durant got hurt, it seemed like, oh, was it like game five could be the last game. And people were killing me on Twitter because it's on possible. TV I was saying this might be it. And they're all like, no, why are you such a doomsday yeah. person, Larry? And here I am doing that on this podcast it's all right yeah. speaking of dynasties that could end soon mm. i think that if we were to place a sports analogy on game of thrones right now i think cersei lannister not only is coming off a bye week fully refreshed she also has home field advantage i don't know how they possibly take out cersei now let's look at this what what would you possibly equate the one dragon they have left to in a sporting performance? Kevin Durant. Kevin going Durant. For 50? Yes. Kevin Durant is the dragon. You think that he's the dragon fire. that could take out the forces? My pick was Madison Bumgarner, circa 2014, the starting pitcher. Against the Royals? Yeah, they could just mow down an entire lineup. Can I just use this? Yeah. Because Madison Bumgarner was throwing smoke like a dragon I think so I think that might be the most apt analogy for what a dragon would be to a sports situation but yeah I I don't know how they possibly I don't know how they possibly get past Cersei I'm sure it'll happen and I want to ask you who is going to get the elimination of Cersei I should on uh, this show well I think it's going to be Jamie it has to be right it has to be Jamie Lannister but you you got to get your props because you called it last week yeah what was going to happen well uh, i accurately if if you watch i we remember we were talking about who was going to go down major main character wise my pick was jorah mormont right that absolutely happened so i think i got to get my props there and and your pick was actually the hound and my counter to that was that he can't go down because he needs to face off mano a mano with the mountain the mountain is, and uh, I think we're getting that showdown. Yeah, I think week. I think you're right on that. I, I uh, jumped the gun on that. I didn't think it through, but uh, I saw an Instagram post from the mountain, mm. whose real name is Thor Bjornsson, and he's six nine, three seventy five. He's a, he's a power lifter, and it was him at a Christmas party with Miss Sandy, whom he just decapitated. Your favorite character. I, Miss Sandy <laughs> is my favorite character, and I think we should just leave. 
No, no further explanation is required. Everyone loves her. Um, and so he he posted uh, while they were together in, in front of this Christmas tree. Sorry, Cersei made me do it. And he, he decapitated her. <laughs> so it was a funny Instagram post. And it but, takes uh, you back to reality a little bit. Yeah. Um, Out of the world anyway, of Westeros. Can I, can I just say one thing yes. about this? Because I thought, I was late to the party. Uh, you dragged me to the party. My yeah, family members I dragged him kicking and screaming. When, when, I, but I, he I loves it now. I wasn't watching Game of Thrones for years and uh, then I had a back injury and I was like physically late. I was like on, I, literally on ice for like a week. And, and I thought, well, okay, this is, uh, this is the universe telling me it's time to start <laughs> watching. I can't do anything else. But the author is George R.R. R. Martin, and he did not write this season. He stopped writing. Yeah, he even the previous season was, was not him either. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. So, so this season, the finale season, is being authored by the producers, the two producers. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, if I have a dragon, if I have two dragons... And I see an armada coming at me. I'm not going to fly directly into the armada and get one of my dragons shot out of the sky. No, you gotta, you gotta go evasive. You gotta go straight up or straight, straight down. And then you gotta fly around back. Fire! I mean, just straight circle run. around. It's yeah. not easy to get a big arrow projectile yeah. device spun around, and you certainly can't shoot. It's just like some of the plot lines. I'm. I'm just frustrated with, I want it to be great, mm -hmm. and it's just dumb at times. I mean, never mind leaving a Starbucks cup yeah, uh, well, in the middle of a scene. Things happen. But stuff, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but think about, okay, we both work, we've done video production between the two of us, you know, I five, six decades of this, okay? How many eyes had to see that scene yeah. before it made it to television? I mean, all the people on the crew, the actors... The cinematographers, the set, all the editors, and then a, you know, there's going to be a final review where they look at it and, go, and nobody sees a, a Starbucks cup in a shot. Are you kidding me? You know what's crazy? It almost like they, they planted it that way. I was watching the game revealed how they do behind the scenes, how they make the whole scene, and the the D and D, the two Ds, the guys that that make the show, they put themselves in that scene as wildlings. Oh, I didn't see that. And so the scene where they're chugging the wine and okay. right before you see the cup, they're in that scene as wildlings. And it's funny because the commentary right after the fact, they come off the set, they're dressed as wildlings still, and they go, wow, hopefully we didn't mess that all up. And that's when the cup was in there. So you think... Because these guys <laughs> were distracted by their own moment of fame. I think own, that, that they put themselves in the scene. And nobody was paying attention. And the cup was there. Isn't that crazy? That I didn't realize. That's that, I really put two funny. and two together on that. But if you go back and watch, I'm pretty sure that happened. All right. One quick theory before we move on. We got to keep going. I think that what they do is Danny takes Drogon, a huge black dragon. You right. have to fly it at night. Hello? You come straight down. You take out all the scorpions around the castle walls, the big bow and arrow things they're shooting the dragons down with. At night, you can't hit what you can't see. You dive bomb, fire, up and out, over and over and over again. That's how you win. See, I, I mean, that logically makes sense. But just like the, the previous week, when it would have been easy to dig a trench and have all the White Walkers run right into it, then one strafing run with a dragon. Well, the show's over in seven minutes. Yeah. It's a seven-minute show. There's no show. So I think that's a little bit too simple. It has to be something more exotic in order to get an hour and a half out of it. 
I, I mean, from a military strategy standpoint, there's a lot of things you could do yeah. that would go quick if I have a dragon and you don't. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, a, I, I'm hoping to be surprised, but some of the writing and some of the storylines, again, let's send our best warriors off into the darkness on horseback. <laughs> Just straight not into the... Into, yeah. into complete darkness and not know who our opponent is or where they are. It's just like there's a lot of dumb stuff in this season. So we're in agreement. I think Jamie Lannister is going to come back. He has to have something to do with Cersei's demise. Yeah. He's not coming back to reside with her. Um, rapid fire predictions. Arya is going to have to have something to do with Cersei's demise. She's at the top of the list. I think her and the Hound are going in essentially a la suicide mission. They're just going to wreck stuff. They don't plan on coming back. And I think Danny might get a little overzealous, charge in too early, and Jon Snow is going to show up with the troops and he'll be painted as the hero, even though they're they're mostly the North forces and not all. There's still some Dothraki and, and Unsullied left with them, but... You see how they're painting him as the great hero that's beloved and her kind of sitting off to the side with her Starbucks cup miserable. I think that she sees that that he's the one that everyone wants to rally around, and that could lead to more problems even after Cersei's gone. Those are my rapid-fire predictions. Yeah. Are we still going to do the question about who we think ultimately ends up on the throne? Let's do it next week. Next week? Let's do it next There's got to be a big heel turn somewhere There's got to be a spy. There has to be a spy. There's got to be some inside info. There's got to be a heel turn. Great, great use of a wrestling term. Yeah, because otherwise, if it's just, okay, Jon Snow is the guy everybody emotionally roots for, and then he ends up on the throne. He's got to, I mean, he already died once and they brought him back. Yeah. There has to be some twist that's coming. Otherwise, it would be just too... Just too easy. And, and that and might have something to do with Varys. We'll see. Okay. All right. Time to tell a story. And this story is one that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I had a grandma that passed away of cancer. Um, but we were at, let's take this all the way back, Mother's Day, May 9th, 2010. Wow. One day I was driving home from work and I just texted my good friend, Christy Mendez, who used to do PR for the A's. And I was like, hey. Let me get your tickets for Sunday. And she usually always had four tickets. She rarely used them because she was always working. So she gave them to me, um, left them at will call. The morning of that day, I got up. My wife and I were like, all right, let's go to the game. Just kind of spur of the moment, just whatever. The weather wasn't good. It was raining, like drizzling. It just looked overcast. It didn't look like a great day to go to a game. We almost said, yeah, you know what? We, we got a lot to do. Maybe we shouldn't go. We ended up getting in the car. Again, little raindrops on the windshield. We pull up to the Coliseum. There's like this huge cloud layer all the way around the stadium, but where the field of play was, directly over it, no clouds. It was like a halo. It was crazy. So the game starts, and it was legitimately the third inning, which is really early. You always ask like when you notice something's happening in a no-hitter or a perfect game. You didn't notice Five, six, inning. seventh, you Usually really hide. sixth or seventh. Third inning, I started noticing like, hey, this is kind of cool. And I was like following every pitch closely, right? So I grew up a big A's fan, as you know. Mild understatement. <laughs> and so I consider myself a pretty good fan, especially at a game, especially when you've had a few beers. And I was like really into it. And I was tracking every pitch, and I was following it very closely. And, like, three seats down from me, same row, there's this lady. And she is going berserk. (laughs) 
like everything. And it's your and, mom. And it's not no, my mom. No, not Sherry Pratt. And okay. so I'm sitting there like, man, I thought I was like a pretty good fan. I feel like I'm a terrible fan because this lady, man, is she into it. Okay. Like this lady is pumped. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And she was like literally sitting two, three seats down from me, same row and everything. So the perfect game of Dallas Braden is what I'm talking about. He gets the final out, right? This lady jumps up out of her chair and goes running down to the field. So you didn't know who it was at that And I'm point. like, whoa, like where's she going? Next thing I know, over the dugout, coming down to the field. And we're like, whoa, what is happening? And then she jumps up into Dallas Braden's arms with that huge embrace. It was his grandma. I sat right next to her the whole game. And it was one of the coolest things I have ever seen. That moment was so emotional. Now, Braden's mom, Jody Atwood, died of cancer when he was a teenager. Mm. That was a game on Mother's Day. It was a perfect game, which was just incredible. You really don't see many of those. And I happened to sit right next to his grandma, which was so freaking cool. And that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in person. And that game happened on this day in 2010. That's wild. Isn't Do you that remember wild? any of the specific things that she was saying? Or was she just like, She was Dallas, just like, yeah, just fired up. Like she was cheering, like super, super pumped up. And yeah, this is a... This is a bat from the uh, Mother's Day Breast Cancer Awareness Scam, which I also got. Pretty cool. So that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. And I think that, you know, with Mother's Day coming up, being right around the corner, and this being the anniversary, I wanted to tell that story because I don't think I've ever seen anything that awesome and probably never will again. Well, and that's one of those moments. That's baseball immortality yeah. for Dallas Braden. And if you're an A's fan or you're just a, a baseball fan in general – you remember that scene and you remember that hug. Yeah. And you th think about Dallas Braden's career because that was his one shining moment. That and I think... Get off my mound. Get off my mound, A-Rod. <laughs> uh, where he basically was getting into it with Alex Rodriguez for him uh, jogging across the infield, um, disrespecting <laughs> Dallas Braden. But, and now he's, he's on TV a lot. He's fantastic. With the A's. He's, he brings a lot of energy and enthusiasm and the player's perspective, pitcher's perspective on the game. But, like, that will never, ever be taken away. You can never take that away. Nope. That's his, his legacy, his moment in baseball history. Mm -hmm. And uh, extended Bay Area guy, Stockton guy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was really special. And props to him. And it was funny, I... Ran into him a couple years ago, and I was I was just like, dude, I have to tell you this story. And I told him the whole story, and he was just like, you know, smiling ear to ear the whole time. He thought it was so cool just to see kind of the perspective of what his grandma was up to the whole game. Sure. You know, just sure. freaking out. It was awesome. So can I ask you one thing about that? Yeah. Did you call your own mom on Mother's Day? I mean, you just all you all you said was you and your wife went to the game. You didn't mention anything about your mother. We who's not at the game, clearly. The lovely Sherry Pratt who taught my mom is awesome. My yeah. daughter, Kiana, in first and third grades, and that's how we actually know each other from the start before long before television, but did you even mention So you're gonna get me to admit this dirty little you secret did not here. Even uh, no, we went out to dinner after the game. Oh, okay. okay. We did. We had dinner plans, but okay. I figured I could right. sneak in a day game. Here's the worst part, though. 
it was so spur of the moment. Like it was nighttime. Like we just finished probably a A's night game. I'm guessing I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. I texted my friend like at night driving home from work, like spur of the moment we went. And then after the game, when we were at dinner, I was like, I could have gotten four tickets instead of two. I don't know why I didn't invite you guys <laughs> to history. Could've, I didn't even think to invite them. Could have did not think about his own mother. I could have invited him so easily, and I didn't even think about it. I'm telling Mother's you, going to the game Day. was such a spur of the moment thing, and it was such a random occurrence. Like we almost didn't even go, and I'm so happy I did because it was special. And you look at the no hitter the other day from Mike Fires. The lights were malfunctioning the game started yeah. super late a lot of people left and didn't see it right, right and it's just crazy how like on any given day any turn of events in sports can lead to something you'll never forget for the rest of your lives pretty awesome try to call your mom this mother's day I will know. You? since clearly Maybe it's I'll not, take top her to of, an A's game. not top of mind in my hand i now hold Leonard's secret question he is again not here today Leonard is our super producer. he'll be back in a minute but um Here's his question. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the Sealed envelope. in an envelope. We have not seen this question. I'm opening it a right now. Drama. And it he asks us a secret question every show. He doesn't tell us what it's going to be. What is Kevin Durant's real injury? No. <laughs> what was the first sporting event you ever went to? Describe that day. Wow. I'm holding it up to the camera for YouTube purposes. What was the first sporting event you ever went to? Describe that day. I I can't describe the day. Why is that? I the first sporting event I went to was actually a game at the Oakland Coliseum. I was one years old. Oh, you see, you don't remember. I yeah, don't remember any of it. But my mom kept the ticket stubs. So the first game I ever went to was an A's game in Oakland. One. No recollection. Um, I kind of have a similar thing because I was a real little kid. But I was in New York mm-hmm. uh, before I, my family ended up moving to Hawaii. And there was there's two. I don't remember which one was first chronologically. Uh, we went to a Mets game, and I do remember going to a Giants game. And all I remember from that game, it was, it was a late, like, November, December game. And it was so cold. <laughs> and all I could think about is, oh, it's great we got these seats. I can't wait till this game is over. Um, so that's now in once I got to Hawaii, then I ended up seeing a lot more games and yeah. stuff. Uh, but but that's my that like if we're talking about first first, then that would be like the first one. Good thing it didn't turn you off of sports. Imagine. No, I was well, I you know, I played so many sports and wanted to be Tony Dorsett or Magic Johnson, but those roles were taken yeah. <laughs> by, by far more skilled people, namely Tony Dorsett and Magic Johnson. All right, news of the day. All right. You got something cool. This for is us. interesting. It's also kind of a, a sporty thing here. Um, I have done some biking. How about you? Have you done any serious biking? This weekend, we actually went and bought new bikes for both my six year old daughter for her birthday and our little one. Nice. Got her a little tiny bike, too. Okay. But other than that, no, not serious biking. Not like Eric Burns, the no. former A's outfielder who's biking everywhere and doing triathlons and all that stuff. We got to have him on this show. At we some will. Point. We can. Yeah, we'll get to him. And he would do this because they've announced that there's going to be a bike trail that goes from Washington to Washington, and we're talking D.C. to Washington State, which is crazy. 
It's 3,700 miles across 12 different states. This and is incredible. How can you possibly build a bike trail from sea to shining sea, essentially? Well, there's 1,900 miles of existing trails that would be incorporated into this. And so the states that would be included, Maryland, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Washington. So they've been working on this behind the scenes and trying to get groups together and coalitions to like hold hands and say, all right, we'll connect up with your trail, mm -hmm. you connect up with their trail and, and kind of put the whole thing together. And the key is in, in looking at the article, they already have essentially the trail because there's a lot of train tracks and railways that aren't in use like they used to be in the industrial age. So what they're doing is they're taking a lot of these, these train tracks and they're making it a bike path. It's called the Great American Rail Trail, which is pretty cool. Like if you in Danville and East Bay, like the Iron Horse Trail was a sure. former train track. Now it's a great jogging and biking trail. So I guess there's a template for it. Now just think about the potential of if you're really into cycling, that sort of thing, uh, you're, you're going to go across America and see the entirety. Well, not the entirety. You're going to see these 12 states. But what a journey that would be. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, and you could obviously stop off along the way. You're not going <laughs> to ride <laughs> the whole way through 24 hours a day or whatever. But, but you're going to be able to, to see all these great states and mm -hmm. all these great vistas along the way that well the downside is it's going to take a long time to actually complete sea to shining sea yeah they so don't i mean know how many they you can probably guess. ride from here to new york faster than it'll take them to actually complete this trail like if we left right now <laughs> on a path to new york on our little bikes well on tricycles i bet we you we'd make tricycles. it i bet you we'd make it before they actually pull off this trail but it's cool that they're trying to do it and I hope it does get made. And as soon as it's done, like the second the pavement or whatever they're using is set, I bet you anything Eric Burns will be on that trail with a no video doubt. camera following no him. He should, he should be the guy that carries the torch uh, if they have a torch for that or whatever the symbolic. We'll make sure they have a symbolic torch. Or a baseball bat. They carry the bat. Yeah. Carry, carry the bat. The pink bat, which you see if you're on YouTube but can only hear about if you're on the podcast. All right. I think that's time to wrap. Oh, we if you're watching on YouTube, or, well, even if you're not watching, if you're listening, I'm wearing this Kevin Durant jersey. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll see the actual Durant on a basketball court again this season. The Warriors are going to have to come up with some magic for that to happen. And Because if Kevin Durant doesn't come through here, you're going to need this guy. Steph Curry! You need 30. I'm holding a Steph Curry jersey. You need 30 regardless. Uh, to see if the Warriors can... 24-1 and one without KD. Can make it. Last 25 games. Five straight years in the finals and three-peat. We said at the start of the season, the one thing that could derail this was injuries. Yeah. And here we are with KD and Boogie both out, Steph and Clay injured to Banged a certain up. extent. Yep. And now you've got to try to limp on through game by game day by day when we record our next podcast which will be probably wednesday or thursday 
do you think the Warriors season will still <laughs> be alive? Now, we went back oh, and forth no. on this right after KD got hurt. Let's Before we sign off, let's give a percentage. You go first. 25%. Whoa. Okay, my percentage is 60. You think I'm there's just a 60% above 50%. chance. I think there's a 60% chance the Warriors are going to not only go to the NBA Finals, but win it all. What? Yeah. Oh, so you're doubling down, I'm going tripling 60% down. that they win it all right now. Right, well. As it's, as it's as bad as it can be. What about just beating the Rockets? So how about let's just focus on the here and now? Uh, 60%. Oh, I think if they 60%. beat the Rockets, it's over. It's a wrap. Get just past like, Houston. Just like your Sharks prediction? This is the NBA Finals. Team Teal? And my Sharks prediction? 100% accurate. Team of de- the well, team so of far. destiny. I've been right thus far. Two game seven victories that's pretty clutch but they have a fresh captain now who returned just in time the sharks an amazing story team of destiny we gotta talk more sharks you're almost wearing a teal i'm wearing teal in honor of the sharks um all right don't forget to subscribe it's important to us itunes google play soundcloud we're also on youtube where you can watch the show in crystal clear hd and if you need any information about the podcast or any links, abc7news.com slash with authority. We have our own URL, Larry. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. It's a link. It's the same link every week? Like it's just, Yeah, if, if they... you go to abc7news.com slash with authority, all of our shows are posted right there, and there are links to where you subscribe so, on your individual devices. So that was a technical way of saying a landing page. A landing page. Yes. Like King's Landing. That's how, yes, like King's, King's Landing. Landing page. <laughs> I hope our landing page has more luck than King's Landing coming up this weekend. And if you go there on iTunes and you subscribe, whether you listen or not, just hit that little five-star button because it'll make our bosses happy. If, and they'll let us keep doing this. If you like Casey's story about Mother's Day. Yes. Or you know his mom. Yes. Or you know anybody with the A's. Or Dallas Braden. Or Kevin Durant. Or, or you like them. Do it for your mama. Do it. Do it for your mom. Do it for and my happy mom. happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Right. We're done? We're done. Aloha.